Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Just saying, I just made spaghetti with meat sauce, and I'm drinking the rest of the cooking wine. Yay! Classy. <laughs> How was your meatballs? Did you have meatballs, or did you just have? I, meat did, sauce? I did meat sauce. No, oh. it's still simmering. Oh, no. okay. I'm I'm drinking the the three buck chuck. Oh, nice. <laughs> while I while it while it simmers. Oh, okay. So, is your cooking wine wine you drink while you cook, or is it actually go in the sauce? Uh, a little column A, a little column B. Okay. Yes. Nice. I would just say yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Say yes to everything. Yes. Yes to life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyhow, how about you? Me? We had. Um, I made pulled chicken this morning in the crock pot because because oh, nice. you know the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting. It is sure. getting. Yeah, it's basically crock pot weather. Oh God! Yeah. All the. I mean, it's nonstop glamour over at um, Maison de Estrada. <laughs> Do you have a caftan to go with that crock pot? <laughs> it's all caftans uh, and crock pots. Hibiscus caftan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when when the when the crock pot comes out, I turn into hibiscus caftan. <laughs> Some feather mules upon your feet. Yeah. Clicking around. Natch. Making your hot dish. Yep. <laughs> hot dish coming through. And I'm holding the crock pot. <laughs> 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 So welcome to Old Hollywood Realness. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> the podcast dedicated to the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Yeah, uh. that's right. Bada <laughs> uh, bing. I'm Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Nall. And um, yeah, so welcome back. Um, well, you've got some explaining to do, Kathleen. Be- I do? Yeah. Why did you pick this movie? <laughs> Well, okay, so... Well, let's introduce this movie first. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, so All we're right. talking about um, the movie Virginia City from 1940. Mm-hmm. It's That's right. by um, Warner Brothers. It's an, yeah. it's an Errol Flynn vehicle. Yeah. Number two Errol Flynn vehicle for us. Um, he plays a guy named Carrie Bradford. Miriam Hopkins plays Julia Hayne. Uh, Randolph Scott plays Vance Irby. Humphrey Bogart which is un- who's unrecognizable in this movie plays John, John, John that's not true that's, that's not that true is, it's, he, he, don't we'll argue with me don't argue with me Kevin. he looks nothing like himself <laughs> this is upsetting he plays John Murrell who apparently is a real dude I didn't know that um, he's like mm-hmm. a ca- he's a rustler and a um, you know and a bandito and what have you um, and then we also have some uh, randos in here I wanted to throw in for good measure we have Alan Hale who plays Moose and then we have Gwyn in air quotes big boy Williams plays a <laughs> Marblehead <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's directed by Michael Curtis who directed uh, Captain Blood previously and um, the costumes are designed by Ori Kelly. So, 
That's right. Kathleen, why on earth did you make us watch this movie? Okay, all right. So here's the story. I I actually, so I'm kind of a history nerd in some weird way. Like, I really, really love, um, like, the history of, like, the American West and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, when I moved up to the Bay Area from Southern California, um, I had no money, and I used to go, like, on little road trips on the weekends, and I'd, like, go visit these places that were, like, ghost towns and really historical. And that's how I discovered Virginia City. And it turns out Virginia City is this, you know, has this amazing history. Um, I just, it's like, I don't even know where to begin, but it's this tiny town that's that's sort of, uh, like, I'd say, like, east of Reno right. um, and north of, like, like Dayton and all that, uh, kind of up near the Lake Tahoe area. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, but anyway, it has this amazing history, and it still has these, like, I've, I've been there several times. I think it's great. Um, uh, you know, it still has a lot of the original buildings and the houses, and, uh, um, yeah, and, and I can't even, like I said, I don't even know where to begin. And so when we, you know, were doing this podcast and everything, I found out that there was a movie co- made called Virginia City. And I was like, oh, my God, fuck yeah. It's probably going to be a Western. It's going to be super awesome. It's probably going to co- somehow tell this story a little bit about this place and how it was it was a mining town, but it was more than it was a city. And like it, it actually wasn't gold, as they show in this movie. It was silver right. that they mined so much of that it, it pretty much funded the building of San Francisco and the Union Army during the Civil War. So and, and at the time, like, like, you know, we, we look at places like that. We think of like Tombstone and then being like root and tootin' and very Western. But right. actually, Virginia City at the time was almost like a baby San Francisco. It was amazing. Wow. I mean, it was really sophisticated. It had people from all over the world. And it, of course, it didn't last. It was a boom town. So right. much like actually San Francisco is very much a boom town. But it hadn't had a lot of ties to that. It had a lot of ties to the Bay Area. Um, so it's just it's just really great. And uh, so I thought, oh, man. I'm going to watch this movie like this has got to be cool. And I read the synopsis and I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. Well, it's about (laughs) gold. It's not really they didn't have gold there. And it's about the Civil War. And they didn't really there's not a lot of like like this didn't really. All right. Well, whatever. It's Hollywood. I'll give it a chance. (laughs) And, you know, it's got Errol Flynn. Like what's not to lose. Right. You, You know, you're like, okay, cool. And I watched it, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I thought it was really important to tell the story because I was just like, hey, you know, like, we did the prodigal of the Stinker series, and I thought, like, it, that's such a good example of something where it's like, whoa, you know, like, it had this content about something that I thought looked really cool. Yeah. Um, the stills looked pretty cool. Yeah. Like, people are in nicely fitted costumes. It's Warner Brothers. It's Errol Flynn. Like, okay, cool. Like, what, what? You know, Humphrey Bogart. Let's give it a go, and you're like, this was was an awkward choice. And then to even find out that um, what what I think is so great is that we were not the only ones that knew that this was a stinker. Like people back then knew it was a stinker because um, at the time when this movie came out in the 30s, they used to do a lot of. Like if movie if a movie was set in a certain place, they would do the premiere in the city itself. Right, like ro- so, they would do like roadshow premieres. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, they do roadshow premieres, and if you think about it, like here's these like glamorous. We think of them like glamorous movie stars, but they had just like spend days like on a bus <laughs> going across the desert for like a movie premiere. You know, like that's not so glamorous if yeah. you think about the pre- like how you had to do a press junket in the 30s. That's kind of gross. Yeah. It's just very like it's it's pretty almost it's 
it's pretty gritty, you know? So anyway, but they did that. They actually went out to Virginia City and they screened the movie there. And apparently at some point through the movie, they realized that the people who were watching it were so disappointed and maybe wanting their money back. And so they, and like, actually like the stars and the people who were there like left halfway through the film <laughs> or, or, or through, the, through the screening of the movie. So when everybody came out, like there were no stars to like greet them or do any of that. And so people went nuts and like started fighting and wanted to pull their guns. It was amazing. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Because back then it was like that whole area of like Reno was still kind of the old West yeah. in a lot of ways. And the fact that they did that and then like showed this movie that the locals like you call this Virginia city. Pew, 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 you know? like, <laughs> but I thought it was so awesome. And there's totally like, I, I actually found like newspaper articles about it and uh, pictures about the premiere. I thought it was really awesome. So yeah. So in other words, we're feeling what they're feeling. Yeah. I think you had found an information said when the film premiered in Virginia city, Nevada in 1940, the townspeople were charged an ex- exorbitant admission fee for those days, which yes. was a dollar and 10 cents per customer this is owning to the fact that errol flynn marion hopkins and others of the cast were scheduled to make personal appearance on stage after the movie showing however when flynn and the others failed to appear enraged audience members stormed out of the theater and took the warner brothers entourage including five busloads of studio personnel hostage demanding that <laughs> demanding their money back um eventually the theater's managers agreed to make up the difference by refunding the audience 70 cents a piece thus reducing admission to its usual 40 cents so i'm just like that's I mean, it's just hilarious that they tried to pull some bullshit on like that with like a bait and switch (laughs) with like, come see our stars. And then when you get there, it's like, uh, sorry about the stars. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're like, we're not having that. Yeah. (laughs) Give us our money back. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, the film premiered in both Reno and Virginia city, which I had heard, um, that, um, from one of the people who follow us on Facebook, that this movie was premiered in Reno and was kind of a big deal for that time. Yeah. yeah, Um, I tried getting information in time for the recording, but didn't get any, didn't hear anything back. So maybe next time and maybe we'll do like, maybe I'll add some, add some stuff, um, in the, uh, in the, uh, Facebook posts and some Instagram posts, just additional information. Um, Oh, for sure. And if anyone's listening, who's from Reno or from that area knows anything, like, please let us know because it was like we felt like the story around it and the premiere was like so dishy and so weird and it was great you know it was like this really this little piece of forgotten history that was kind of awesome yeah it was um the uh, the additional information you said over said while the reno affair went well there was a problem on the comstock warner brothers executives judged the crowd too intoxicated and potentially rowdy and so they retreated from the hill uh, returning to reno even as the film was ending like you had said the locals expected to see the stars in person were furious and left the theater to, to um to look for the celebrities or anyone for revenge <laughs> the theater managers the theater manager roughed up a representative from the warner brothers but despite numerous threats there were no lynchings the premiere b- brought fifty thousand dollars to call to the comstock bars and newsweek covered the event and that was according to um a book called The Roar and the Silence, mm-hmm. which was um, from, it took place in Reno, which was written in Reno, Nevada, University of Nevada Press. And it's on page 259 if you're looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, y'all. We actually had to read like real books <laughs> to like get information on this, but it was totally worth yeah. it. It was totally worth it. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, this movie was interesting. Um, yeah. so it's funny because it gets, it's the ratings on it are all over the board. It got 49%. Exactly. It got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, two and a half stars on TCM, 6.8 out of 10 on IMD, IDB, which feels high and four and a half stars mm-hmm. on Amazon, which is weird too, because I was scanning through the Amazon reviews and a lot of it was like, uh, great delivery on the DVD four stars um <laughs> clear picture five stars and you're like i think they're not really paying attention grain of salt yeah Philip, grain so of salt. i don't know if those are reviews on the movie so much as they are on the quality of the printing of the dvd so yeah but it apparently made a decent amount of money when it came out so it wasn't a flop by any means so that was um interesting to see but it just it certainly hasn't aged very well which is mm-hmm. a bit of a it's a bummer because you it's it is a civil war movie and there mm-hmm. i mean just in today's context if you want there's a lot happening right now in the social yeah. it's the social arena around these sort of things and this one's a tough one to with us like watching that with a bet in the back of my mind it was hard to watch this movie and be like so what exactly are they saying and what exactly, exactly. and whose side are they on or, you know, cause they yes. certainly weren't vilifying the, the Confederacy. They weren't making mm-hmm. the union out to be the, the hero here. And it, and also too, it wasn't, it wasn't a story like, and I know that like gone with the wind gets kind of, is getting kind of mixed into this whole um, conversation right now too, because mm-hmm. it is a civil war and it's kind of, it, gl- it makes the, it glorifies the, the South and that sort of thing. And, you know, and, but I think that the character development in civil in, in gone with the wind was a little bit better. They kind of showed yeah. the tragedy of the war a little bit, which was, well, nice, that was which, based on a, a rich novel itself yes. that they had to pare down. Whereas like Virginia city is different, but I, I do know you have a very good point though. This movie is very interesting in that they really don't show the North or the South as being any better or worse than the other. Yeah. It's literally, it's, it's almost like I was thinking about like Miriam Hopkins, like her, her accent in there. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, cause apparently she's from Georgia. So yeah, she actually she... has like a, a Southern bred accent, yeah. but then she's also has that very well cultivated Hollywood accent from being there. So it's like she's having this identity crisis right. the whole time with her. And I feel like the whole movie is it's like they're doing that, too. It's like this this whole movie is like one big identity crisis. Oh, yeah. And even like <laughs> even Errol Flynn with like his straight up yeah. English accent. Like the whole yes, time you're like, yes. you're not. It's all over it's the place. really strange. And it's also, yeah. too, it's like in the story, when you talk about the storyline, it's like it gets so confusing, especially towards it the does. end. Because, that I mean, like I can run through the story, but like it, I mean it just gets really muddy at the it's end like, too, it's, it's like, like muddy you know it's like it's it's like miriam hopkins she's like a spy for the so miriam hopkins character julia is a spy for the south but she also is falling in love with um errol flynn's character carrie who's who from is the north. who's from the north he's a union soldier and so then and but he's also pursuing um randall scott's character vance who is a general for the south who's working with julia and who really then, likes so, julia who did they all so everyone's in love with julia mm-hmm. 
clearly. And um, apparently Vance and Julia used to have a thing back in the day, which was kind of alluded to. But then she falls in love with Carrie, who is Errol Flynn's character. Who can't stop and- slut-shaming her for everything she does and all of her choices. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That makes me uncomfortable. It's just like, I mean, he really was into her. Then he sees her like performing, and he's like, I can just even tell the way he's looking at her. I'm like, oh, you cunt. I can't believe yeah. it. Like He's looking at her like... And maybe that's just because, from what I hear, like filming of this shocker was a challenge. People got yeah. sick. It, it's like they filmed it. Nobody in a place, li- like it nobody liked a, each other. Nobody too, liked apparently. each other. No, so there's like very little chemistry whatsoever, and it totally bleeds through into their performances. Um, yeah. I think they they went out to this place that's supposed to like never rain, and it rained like for most of the filming days they were there. So it was right. Just, it was flagged. It was yeah. in Flagstaff, Arizona, right? Which apparently was supposed to be the original Hollywood. But because can you imagine, but, y'all? Can you imagine? I know, <laughs> but because of the erratic, of the erratic weather, it because it would rain yeah. fairly often and fairly hard. Like it would kind of, it wasn't like as temperate and mild as Hollywood. That's why they kept going. Yeah. So it's funny that they would go back to there, even knowing that the weather wasn't that good. It's like, um, you know, you could have just went to Burbank. <laughs> There's back then. There was probably seriously. Plenty of that's hills. the thing is like I think about like if you needed to recreate that you did not need to go to Flagstaff like you could have gone anywhere especially back then you could have gone to the high desert outside of Barstow and been fine just totally fine no no rain nothing anyway so weird uh, Anyhow, but I, but I thought it was so strange that like they're like as they so this characters all start falling in love and then all of a sudden there was this weird there's this weird turn where Carrie and Vance eventually start like they they have like this weird like kind of bromance or yes, like yes. they find res- mutual respect for each other which mm-hmm. I'm just like what is happening yes. <laughs> like I didn't like you. It was just so weird. At a certain point, I was like, wait, what? Like, at one point, um, Vance, so Vance dies at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. but then he puts he puts Carrie in charge of his of his wagon train, his Confederate wagon train. He yeah. puts in charge a Union soldier. I was like, I'm sorry. And everyone in the wagon train is okay with this? Yeah, it <laughs> just, like, I... You mean, you mean the hard-fought anti-North? Like, literally, like, these people hated each other. And yeah. then suddenly, they put a Union guy in charge, and now they're just yeah. like, uh, every single one of them were just like, oh, yeah, that's that makes total yeah. sense, and Remember we're Remember the beginning of the this. movie where, like, Eraflam was literally a prisoner under his control? And, like, yeah. that's the thing, and I'm just like... God, this is moving way too fast and loose. It's so way bizarre. too fast and loose for even for even for Hollywood, y'all. It just I mean, was really un- yeah. So no wonder people 70 years ago when this came out felt the same way as us where we were like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like there was probably a lot of raised single raised eyebrows where they're like, "Excuse me?" Yeah. And it's interesting <laughs> because it sounds like like you said it it was generally a good hit like it did fairly yeah, well at the I box mean, office, but I just think it's so funny that when they tried to show it to locals, they were like, "Get the fuck out of here." You know, yeah, like I mean, seriously. I'm sure it had to do a lot with the fact that Errol Flynn was like a huge. This was like it was like he was a huge, huge star at that point. Like yeah. 1940 would have been like the highest part part oh, of his career. Absolutely. So it would have been just like panty dropper. I mean, everybody would have gone to see this movie regardless uh, how bad sure. it was, just because yeah. they wanted to see Errol Flynn, you know, move around on state on on the screen, well, and, and he it, looks amazing well, okay, in this okay, movie. So here's the thing, y'all. He looks fucking gorgeous. I, this I is mean, where I feel like. Like I, I watch him and I think about like 
Brad Pitt Legends of the Fall. You're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm feeling it. Like, this is where he's at his prime. He is You're so like, fucking cute. He's got his little beard going on. Uh, I mean, God. he and you can tell just because of the filming, like him. And then, oh my gosh, his name escapes me. But, you know, his counterpart, they're both so goddamn oh, tall. Oh, yeah, Randolph Scott. He yeah. was in Follow, Randolph Scott, he was in Follow the Fleet, right? So it's like, they're so mm, goddamn Oh, yeah, that's yep. right. And they're just so goddamn tall, and they look so beautiful in those uniforms and what they're wearing. Oh God, I mean, yeah. they can wear a frock coat. They cut a figure, y'all. Cut a figure. I mean, it, they look beautiful. And actually, you know, we can caution everything they're wearing, whatever you can say about the costumes, everything fits beautifully. Everything is oh, yeah. tailored amazingly. Miriam Hopkins' shit is tailored amazing to her. And you can actually tell, I was thinking about this. Versus like in Captain Blood where we saw Olivia de Havilland. I was like, you can obviously tell she's got like a 30 silhouette. Like she's probably not wearing a bra. She's definitely wearing like a corset or something in this. Because she's got teeny waist and it's like very straight. But like yeah. she has a really awesome silhouette. Like her, her silhouette's really. And she looks so tiny. Like so oh, tiny next so to wee. him. Yeah. <laughs> she's so wee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to put this in context. Captain Blood was 1935. This yes. was five years later. Mm-hmm. And so he would have been. That was. Uh, so Captain Blood was a oh, star making vehicle yeah. for him. So five years later would have been the height. The of his height career. of like and, pussy power. Yes. And in like Flynn y'all. In like Flynn. Yes. And this. <laughs> Is only two years after um, Adventures of Robin Hood, mm. which was and which was like a box office boffa. Mm, Philip, like, I'm gonna so. need a moment. That, that's, my, <laughs> that's my favorite right there. I love some Adventures like, of Robin. Yes, yes, queen, feeling it. Yes, oh, queen. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, this movie. I mean, he he burned his little like his little page boy Bob wig from mm-hmm. Captain Blood, and he never looked back because he looked so gorgeous. His, I mean, he looked so yeah, he looked good really good in this movie. And I I guess like right before this, they had done the movie Dodge City, which right. again had Olivia de Havilland. So because they did so well in Captain Blood and it was in color. And so mm-hmm. they thought, oh, wow. Well, you know, and, and it was a huge hit, huge, massive. Like, actually, that's oh, yeah. probably and I have not watched Dodge City and I would love to fucking watch it. Maybe we'll do that one day because it was a huge hit. And that was that to me is like apparently I've seen stills. He's fucking motherfucking hot. Mm. that Because mm, yeah. he's in color. And so they yes, were like, they were like, wow, if this really took off, well, let's do it. Like Virginia City was supposed to be a sequel of sorts, like in in that way, not I a sequel, but so, but they yeah. were like, oh, that's but, what they were saying. Yep, exactly. But they were like, oh, but we can't get Olivia to Hevelin, and we'll do it in black and white. It's okay, it's okay, we'll still do it. Yeah. Nah, yeah. it didn't work. Like apparently, it didn't have the same vibe. I mean, I think, like you said, it did fairly right. well at the box office when it came out, but I think as far as it holding th- up. You can just, yeah. it doesn't have that same magic. And I actually really like Miriam Hopkins. This is the first thing I've ever seen her in. But I know a lot about her because I've read this great book about um, women in the like pre-code movies. And she's a huge oh, wow. player in that. And she's oh, nice. in, she's in uh, like, there's a list of movies I want to see. And she's in a lot of them. And so, oh, nice. um, so I would really like, to, I don't want this to sort of taint how I feel about her because I, <laughs> I know <laughs> I knew it when I said it. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want it to color how I felt about her because I think that um, she, I mean, I, I, I 
she she sounds like she's a really amazing actress and this just was one of those things she kind of got like strong-armed into doing yeah and, no, I, and much like lana turner and the prodigal they held their own they did their shit they looked amazing but it yeah. just didn't like you know they saw it through <laughs> good for yeah, you girl she, good for you yeah she she looked good doing it mm-hmm. at the very least i mean she did yeah so um so it's it's just a it's just a bummer that this movie was it's it was such an erratic movie. It was but erratic. also too I wanted to I wanted to point out too Michael Curtis, the director of this, which also directed Captain Blood, he directed twelve films with Errol Flynn. Wow. And apparently they didn't like each other. <laughs> from what i was reading what is going I'm on here kidding. y'all i'm not this kidding i read it on tcm i read it on tcm earlier i was like that they didn't that michael um errol flynn apparently didn't like michael curtis i don't know if the feeling was mutual but apparently he was just like not into him and i was like that's hilarious that he did every single movie that he's pretty much errol flynn's known for well but that was, was like, back in the day where they were under bananas. contract right so they probably yeah. had but to so just it's like do studio contracts and that sort of stuff so it just it's so funny he did um he did captain blood he did adventures of robin hood he did this movie i don't know if he did dodge city though that's um, yeah i um i just picture like every time they call cut and he turns his back like arrow flynn's like two fingers up like every time like or just like (laughs) yeah anyway rolling his eyes at everything oh he directed dodge city too Mm. yeah i mean so michael curtis and him were like joined at the hip for a very long time even though despite the fact that um oh my god and there's a tiny thumbnail of um errol flynn in color and i'm like hey queen, <laughs> hey, queen. Hey. Hey, you. Queen. hey you how you hey. doing hey girl Ooh, girl now go to i'm sorry i'm going down a uh, google image search <laughs> hello hello Vivilip, are you there are you still well, there hello oh, wait, he's got those worried eyebrows i know oh, i yeah. know he's uh, mm, i know Okay. It's good. Well, this is it's good. This is the sound of a man having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, so did you want me to run through the story? Sure. Yeah. I tried boiling it. No, down you did. And you did great. No, and keep boiling. It's <laughs> keep great. boiling. It's keep fine. Boiling. <laughs> um, so the story of this Jim Jam, right? So it's late in the civil war and the South isn't doing very well. So Vance Randolph Scott, and he's in charge of a prison camp that is housing Carrie played by Errol Flynn and a bunch of other union soldiers who soldiers who are digging a tunnel to escape. But Vance figures out that they have a tunnel and he goes in and confronts them about it. And he, does nothing to stop it which was an odd choice (laughs) um to say the least vance is visited by a gal pal from his past julia played by marion hopkins she's from virginia city nevada which as we said is a mining town and she comes to offer the confederate army five million dollars in gold from the sympathizers that live in virginia city because i don't know nevada's history in the civil war was it a free i think it was a free state this was a yeah and they were union because, at that time yeah because and then they could get the gold the gold because the gold was all going to all the money that they were bringing in was going to the and union. actually they weren't it wasn't gold it was silver they were right. known for that's, they were sorry, known for the silver mining i meant, mining. I meant yeah. the i meant the, the money they were bringing in right. from mining and all that so right 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 my bad my bad gold silver whatever that, but it's, it's all a precious metal it all you means know, money i'm really tired of your attitude <laughs> Um, so Vance goes to Virginia City to pick up the gold and bring um, so basically Vance um, convinces his his higher ups that he's like I need to go to Virginia City and get this money and meanwhile 
Carrie and his prison buddies, Moose and Marblehead, make a daring escape where they blow up their tunnel and they get out somehow. Um, need which I'm just like, wait, I was like, okay. I I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, you know, if you put a stop to that tunnel, this wouldn't have happened. Uh. Anyhow, so um, so then so Vance is on his way to Virginia City, and then Carrie um ends up going to the Union Army and alerts them of the gold plot, because he somehow hears about it or something i forget how he knows it's almost like he found a letter on the street or something i don't know what how he found out about the gold but he was bringing it to them and saying that we need to go to virginia city so him and his two buddies end up going to virginia city to intercept and head off the plan and then on their way to virginia city carrie and his pals end up in a stagecoach with julia and morell who is played by um humphrey bogart and that's when they figure out that morell is a bandit with a mex with um and he has like a gang of mexican banditos and um morell tries to rob them but carrie and his friends save the day and then um also like as they continue on the journey uh this is when carrie and julia begin to fall in love you know all uh uh, Romeo and Juliet. It's right. very dramatic. <laughs> you following this, kids? Everybody keeping up? Okay. Yeah, so there's these moments where they're on rocks and they're staring longingly into each other's eyes. It's the sun setting behind them and glorious black and And she's white. so fucking goddamn wee, he can pick and her up and I, take her out of the carriage and be like, oh, hold on. We uh, yeah. we need to get it out of the water. You just sit that over here pretty later, lady. So and then, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, hello, you need to pick me up again. <laughs> Yeah, that whole scene was basically just like, oh, yeah, women, he can carry you around. Uh So here you go. (laughs) Um, So when Carrie and company get back to get to Virginia City, they um, they all end up hanging out at Saloon. And then it turns out that's where Julia works as a performer. And she's also like a quasi spy. Um, She listens in on the Union Army and um, the, the Union like. Um, plans and stuff and then she feeds it back to the the um, confederate sympathizers who get it back to the generals and stuff anyway so they so they're all there uh carrie and julia's there and then the vance walks in and then it's all like whoa hey i know you and all this <laughs> stuff and um they play it cool because vance doesn't want carrie to know about the gold and doesn't want to um, give it away and um then carrie's like i don't want to give it away that i know about things it's it's this, it's it's a very it was actually kind of a funny scene to see them all try and play it cool mm-hmm. um it was also really funny to see um julia kind of like because she also ends up like f- pushing him away right when they get into town she's like I, uh, I gotta go bye yeah no i actually that whole like that part like of where like where they get into town and then when they go to the like and kind of meet her in that like in that whole scene actually i felt like that was a really engaging part of the film like that actually yes. had me like okay i'm into this story like it didn't feel like it was just dragging on. Like, okay, we're yeah. moving here, we're moving, and it was good. And yeah. you can definitely tell these are all talented actors trying mm-hmm. to make shit work. I'm not Doing their like thing. it. Th- okay, y'all, this is our stinker series, but like, we're not saying that like these are bad people. Like, they're doing good <laughs> job. Like, people. they're they're really trying to like. <laughs> I mean, they're they're really trying to make like a lemon bars out of lemons in this situation yes. for real. Yes. That's <laughs> as the saying goes: when life gives you lemons, yes. make lemon bars. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so Julia's all pushing it away, pushing him away, and like th- trying to push, um, trying to quell his love. But I mean, it's Errol Flynn, so let's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesus. Uh, and so in Vance, what happened, there's this whole thing where they're trying to figure out. So 
carries on the tra- he carries on the case and he knows he's kind of um, sniffing out what's happening. So Vance ends up um, there's this whole thing where he ends up getting mixed back up with Morel again, and then so he ends up. Um, he ends up enlisting morale to stage a diversion to keep the union army's attention away from the city while they get their wagon train carrying the hidden gold on the road. And then um, at the same time, Vance also enlists, gets Julia to set up a meeting with Carrie so that Vance can arrest um, Carrie and take him prisoner on the wa- wagon train. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know guys. I know. Um, Please stay away. Uh, Please stay with us. You're so doing while, good, Philip. Keep going. I know. Keep I'm going. trying my best. I know. So they're so while they're on the road, the wagon train gets stopped at a Union outpost, and the weight of the wagon ends up giving away that there's something going on. Um, and then there's this whole big gunfight, and then the Union soldiers get killed, and Carrie manages to escape. And um, also during the during this whole fight and um, you think that there's this kid named Go Akabi Gill. Oh, he God. gets run over by a wagon. <laughs> Which was like his whole character a... was some weird insertion that we did not need. Okay? It was like it was basically just like it, it was like a sympathy thing. They yeah. were just like, oh, we need some like sympathetic characters. So yeah. they're like, we'll have a little kid. Hey, He'll get run over by. Hey, yeah, yeah but he's a hey, Mister. Yeah. Um, and he gets run over by a wagon, which is you know troubling and then um he eventually dies but i just want to point that out um that little kid is um he's interesting so keep your eye on him yes and um vance ends up pursuing carrie but then they believe that he dies when they watch him and his uh, horse tumble down a steep hill and i there is some serious animal cruelty in this oh no there no well uh, there's some actually some wicked amazing stunts in this movie Uh, even like the beginning one where the guy like goes under the carriage like oh yeah there's like the classic like hollywood uh like western stunts where it's like you're getting like punched off the top of a stagecoach and you fall under the horses and the horses are moving and you end up going under the horses and i mean it's it's incredible Uh, it's really incredible but yes you're i'm like ooh. I don't know Ooh. what's happening. When here. they literally just threw, they pretty much yeah. just threw a horse down a down a hit, steep hill, and it was like hard to watch. I was like, it was really hard to watch. So, like, just so you guys know, like that that yeah, does tr- happen. It's we're yeah. not cool with it at all. Yeah, and, uh, uh, trigger warning. On yeah, that for one. sure. For um, sure. But actually, I had, was reading too that this the stunt you're talking about, where the guy jumps from the carriage onto the horses and then eventually to the front horse, that apparently was um kind of like. A kind of like a, a stunt that they had done used kind of repeatedly mm-hmm. and um, that guy who does that stunt is like was famous for doing that and was like that was kind of his shtick so well I love it and it was yes. really cool yeah it, it totally is I'm sure it's something like I'm I think I've seen that in other movies before but I I, I was not mad at that those are yes. definitely things like there are, there are definitely good points in the movie if you if you sit down I feel like this is one of those movies for sure because of you know it's not that great Sit down, sit down in a, like a like a quiet, dark place, and really just kind of get into it. Like try to get into yeah. it because there are definitely parts of it where you know it's it's pretty awesome and it's got a great soundtrack. Like the 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 music, the musical score, like flows and you know has like action music where it needs to be, and yeah, it's got a lot of those actually, classic Western like stunts, which is pretty. Yeah, cool. and this is part of the time period when they actually started getting really good at music because yes, if you watch some yeah. earlier movies, there'll be a lot of like dead silences yes. and stuff, and then they'll have like random bits of music. This is like they really got. This is when the, like Hollywood was hitting its stride. So like. 
even if it's like not the best movie, they did a really good job. They on did the things like you're saying, like the music. So yeah, it's. I mean, for sure, this a lot was, of talent went into this sticker. Yeah. I mean, that's the f- that, that's the truth. <laughs> and the first time I saw this, I'm not gonna lie, I did fall asleep a couple times, but I did I too. Definitely, um, I definitely felt I definitely woke up for you know that part. Yep. No, I did <laughs> um, too, and I feel like, but that's why, like originally, we wanted to do this way back in June, and that was actually when I did do a trip to Virginia City, and it was really great because. Um, I I I got to go to um, one of the saloons there that had like movie tickets and and um, kind of artifacts from the premiere. They had like um, these little frame movie like uh, it was a framed thing of like movie tickets and then like pictures from the premiere and all of that and it was pretty neat. Like it That's is so cool. definitely something that is recognized there as part of their history. Although most people don't really know about it and it's not really something people are necessarily proud of. Even the movie is like named after their city. Um personally, I, there's a part of me that like I want so badly to write either a series or a movie about the city in general because I think about like one of my favorite movies of all time is the movie Tombstone and I love the series Deadwood and I feel like Virginia City is just like it's one of those places that nobody nobody's made any like nobody's really told its story properly yet Mm -hmm. and it's it's there waiting for you and what's really great too is that um I just I think a, a lot of some actually really positive things came out of this movie premiere because um, there was uh, there was somebody who was uh, a really prolific uh, writer at that time who worked for like the New York Times was sort of a bon vivant at that time. Um, his name was Lucius Clegg and he happened to be on part of the <laughs> that is such an amazing name. <laughs> oh no um, he is your spirit animal okay like seriously google this guy he's amazing and like he was a total like New York City cafe society bon vivant who lived at that time and was sort of sent out almost like a Dominic Dunn type to like go out and like review this movie and he gave it this and, and he's like the movie sucked he hated the movie but he felt fell in love with Virginia City. He fell in love with this place. And he ended up buying a home. And he um, eventually, him and his partner, who he already had at the the time, um, they eventually ended up settling there and became some of the most prolific writers on the history of railroads in the the West. And like railroad cars and everything. And they collected them. But they lived there and... Um, what was really great was that there were other people from like New York Cafe Society that kind of came out after like in the 40s, like after the war, because there were a lot of people who were writers or who lived in New York and stuff. And then they they ended up serving in the war effort and became writers oh, right. during that time, men and women both. And just like so many people from that time, they were shell shocked and there was no such <laughs> thing as PTSD and, right, you know, yeah. and any sort of thing like that. So um Virginia City ended up being this sort of getaway and there was this amazing writer's renaissance that happened there after the war where there were men and women who essentially kind of lived out um, but they oh, also wow. wrote about um, they were also really prolific writers and they wrote about um, uh, a lot of history and stuff there but then they also wrote poetry and um, there's also something called the Wild and Wooly School of Writing and it's it kind of um, they, they, they also sort of um, created sort of a mythical 
uh, sense of the Old West through their yeah. own writings and what they sort of fantasize about in their own getaway to escape their own stresses. And they created this whole other sort of thought and, and history. Like, they created their own history of that area. And what was interesting was that they love living there, sort of living their own thing. And Hollywood eventually got wind of this or, you know, it, at some point was inspired by their writings. And that... Um, inspired the tv show bonanza which is one of the longest running tv shows um oh, wow. ever um which is supposedly set in virginia city and if you watch the opening it shows a map of virginia city which looks nothing like the actual area it's total <laughs> like hollywood fantasy yeah. um but because that was done and that was started in the 50s and and like went on well into the 70s that actually sort of created this whole other boom of tourism within the Comstock and the Virginia City that was based around this fantasy. And so you mm. had a lot of people who, even though technically Virginia City was like a mini San Francisco and very sophisticated, people were like adding like, uh, you know, like planks to the outside of their beautiful buildings to make it look like the frontier because that's what people expected like almost like a oh, like a Knott's yeah. Berry farm or sort of like a fantasy western like they reverse western. engineering yes it, yeah. reverse engineering exactly in order like to, to capitalize on this like root and tootin fantasy story um, yeah. even though what's really crazy is that the real story is so much fucking cooler it's so much better <laughs> like it's so great um, but it's just really interesting how it's like people can, there's this great history that inspires other people to come and live there. And then they take that history and they write a fantasy and then people come there to enjoy the fantasy. And then it's, I don't know, it's just, Virginia, Virginia City has all of that and it's really great. And uh, I'm so glad I got to talk about it like a weirdo for like an hour. So all because, <laughs> all because of this craptastic movie. So thank you. <laughs> but please, Virginia, like Virginia City is really amazing. Reno's actually really amazing. And it does have a lot of ties to Hollywood and the film industry. And like we've talked before on like the women about like the divorce ranches and all that. It's just oh, yeah. there's so much like it's it's this beautiful place with like wide open spaces. But it has such a rich, rich history of like the crazy dishiness you can talk yeah. about that's just fascinating <laughs> so i it's so awesome i i, know, I really right? want to visit one day i actually well I, let me just run through the rest of the story real fast because it's really stupid. sure yes anyway so um so it turns <laughs> so it turns out that um so carrie fell down the hill turned they thought he was dead so they ran away so they left turns out he wasn't dead so he goes back to the outpost he puts he like pl plays with the little like um doot 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 thing morris code <laughs> and he sends a message back to the union army and his buddies um end up finding him there and then so they um so he meets up with the union army and he's like tells them the whole deal he's like hey girl these these like wagon trains got some gold you need to we need to find them so they go and track them they get they go on the wrong trail they then they end up finding um so then carrie ends up taking a small band of people and finding the actual wagon train and they're being attacked by morale because they're running out of water they're running out of food and all this stuff and so then they so then they jump in and start helping the confederate wagon train these union soldiers <laughs> help yes. the confederate wagon train to save them from being killed and from morale stealing all the gold and all this stuff so then 
Oh God! <laughs> I know, so I know, I know. Take a break. Away. It's okay. Take it's a break. It's almost there. So then, um, Morel like takes off because it's um, to, to for at at night, and he's like, "I'll take care of them in the morning." Um, Vance gets injured, mortally wounded, and then as he's dying, he's like, "Carrie, you're in charge." Carrie, you Union soldier <laughs> who I had captive in my Confederate jail, you are now in charge of my Confederate wagon train. And all of my Confederados are now on board with that. And all, uh, all my racist gold is all, yes. is all for and you. Please protect my racist gold. And, but don't give it to the Union. Please protect my racist gold. <laughs> please help this racist gold get to the Confederacy. <laughs> Even though you're a Union soldier. Oh. How, how does, I don't. Oh, anyway. God. So then he like tells, he like gets all the guys to like load up all the gold into one ca- the one wagon. They take it into a canyon. They blow it up so that no one can get to it. It's like a whole thing. I don't know how anybody's on board for this. Yes. Um, it just, I'm like, how did they not just literally kill him? Like how did the Confederate our, other guys in the, in the wagon train just be like, okay, well you're dead now. Yeah. And we're going to continue on with our mission. Um, and then, so basically, um, so then the, and then, um, Morel comes in the morning and all this stuff. And then the union army eventually comes and defeats him. And then the, so then after the fight, the union wants to know where the gold is, but Carrie refuses to disclose it because he wants the gold to end. Not, he doesn't want the gold to end up in the union nor to be used by the South for fighting. He wants it to re, he wants it to be used to rebuild the South after the war. I'm like, that's literally what he, that what that's what he said when they arrested him, that he wasn't yeah. going to tell anybody where the gold was because he wants it to be used to rebuild. The, I was like, this is the, I mean, who is this man? Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Guys, Nobody in their we're not even done. Ever. It's the story's not even over yet. So this, so they arrest him and find him guilty of treason and sentenced to death. And then the day before the execution, Julia she pleads for his pardon from who from abraham lincoln vampire hunter <laughs> so julia a, a confederate spy and and a can can dancer in virginia city gets a meeting with the president of the united states of america you know during during the civil war yeah it's just you know cuz you know that's plausible and so he tells her that at the, um, that it's all good because there's a treaty being signed at that very moment to end the war. So he pardons Carrie to show um, in a show of good faith, um, and he says with malice towards none and with charity for all, which apparently was a line from Abe Lincoln's second inaugural address. And that's the end of the movie. So she <laughs> saves him by getting a meeting with the president of the United yes. States. Yes. I. I I don't I'm like what the what I just I think the last 30 minutes like the last 20 minutes of the movie I was just like I'm sorry yeah what it was we really should have told people to fasten your dysfunctional seatbelts because it makes (laughs) no sense at all so 
weird. The only shining grace of this movie is, is that because she's a can-can dancer, she has two very amazing showgirl outfits. Yes. Which I love more than anything. And they looked lovely on her. She looked very good. Oh, my God. She, and, and, like, her little fascinators and, like... The little black sequin. Yes. And the little black sequin And it, like, wrapped had. around her hair. Like, it was a whole system. Like, I, yeah. I on the third... Like, I, I guess I watched this movie, like, three times to try to be <laughs> fair and balanced. And it actually helped me appreciate the costumes even more because yeah. I realized that, one, first of all, everything is so well-tailored and fits perfectly. It may not be perfectly to that silhouette of that time period. Yeah. Obviously, they're playing fast and loose, but as far as how it fits on their bodies, as far as making them look aesthetically pleasing, um, everything is on point. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. It's really, yeah. really beautiful. But I loved her little, like, her little first number that she was singing I in. Did. She was dancing because it's shorter. It was very flirty and kicky. Mm-hmm. And it was all black sequin. And then she had little tiny sheer straps. That yes, were with a little bitty heart. Yes. And then she had a little tiny heart oh that was sequined on one of the straps. Uh, it was when are you going to do thing. a burlesque costume? Like, I was like, note to self, do <sighs> sheer straps nobody can see. And then you can put other things on top of the straps like that look like they're floating from a heart. distance. One little loved. Tiny it was, it was so like a little cute. tattoo or something. It was gorgeous. It's so funny because I was thinking about it. I've never seen that before. Well, I noticed the little tiny heart and I was like, that is so cute. And then I was like, wait a second. Ori Kelly also did Some Like It Hot. And remember, she wears the dress that's sheer and it has the little tiny heart cut out right on her butt. He does. Which I'm like, I think he loves a little heart motif. I'm like, he's, that's kind of a cute, like, little like a little like Easter egg that mm-hmm. you like find the hearts in every in every movie. But that was super like, cute. Like seriously, so if you were adorable. a costumer, like look like really look at that technique. Like you can tell that they're obviously like probably like tan or like nude like mesh yeah, straps. Nude, definitely nude straps. But it was kind of neat because as a dancer or somebody's performing, as much as like you want to maintain that look of it being strapless, you kind of need something to have it hold on you. And it has this and hers was like a perfect sweetheart shape like bustier kind of bodice and then um and then it had the little straps like coming out of the points but then like just it was so cute and so random like like right on the left side she had this cute little like matching little heart that was placed a couple inches above on the strap so it looked like it was floating on her chest and it was gorgeous and and it was actually that whole scene well not that there are other like she's so tiny she is so Oh my so god, she was like the tiny. shortest one on stage. Oh my god, she's the shortest one. I know. All the other dancers towered over her. I was like, so I much. Really cast that right. I know. <laughs> but I did read she has a background in ballet because I was like, that girl can raise her leg high and keep up with the rest. Like she oh, wow. as short as she was, like there was this one part where they had to like like do that classical can can like like leg up and then like slowly dancing across your body and then down again and she kept up with the rest and i I was impressed so so yeah she's it's just like a debbie reynolds-ness of like her tiny but mightiness but uh but yeah but but also too like i don't know she did seem like an odd fit for this and i don't know why i can't really put my finger on it but it, there's just maybe it's just the story itself because she seems yeah. like a really great actress and very expressive. And she looks so much like Mia Wazowska that like I can't even like she. Oh, yeah. The chick from like does. Alice in Wonderland. Like if they. Yeah. If, OK, anyone listening, like all five of you listening out there, if anyone's <laughs> like if you ever like did an old movie and you need a cast like she could play her or somebody like that, like. I think that in some ways maybe that chick is underutilized and how she could maybe play 
that sort of like time, like a, that thirties like actress. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's she's got those strong features, but like still very totally. wee and wispy and like blonde. She'd be perfect and great actress. Like seriously, like why isn't she not in more like thirties shit? Because she would be fantastic, you know. But I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. Like every time I look at her, I'm like, I am. It it's it's funny sometimes when I look at pictures of people like you could like from back then. You could almost see like other actresses or whatever and be like, oh, well, if you ever do something from that, please, you know, please consider them. But I don't even know how much they I mean, maybe she's like, fuck you. I've got Alice in Wonderland money. I'm not working anymore. I don't know. (laughs) I've had some wine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you're listening out there, but seriously, you can totally be Miriam Hopkins for real. You look just like her. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So, Anyhow. was there anything else that we wanted to talk about this gym um, jam? Not really. I mean, yeah, like the costumes are sort of. I mean, what did you think? Like in general, because she's she's got some looks. Like I like her other one. She with does. Like the, yeah. Like they're built for dancing, and but it's just very kind of like. I don't know. Uh, my thing is like, if you're gonna call it Virginia City, you could tell a better story. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. I just have, like, I I mean, in all honesty, I'm going to go on the record. Not a huge Westerns fan. Like, I just, it's oh. never been something that I kind of can get behind. Okay. Unless there's, like. No, no, no. But, I mean, That's okay. give me, like, you know, it's, like, give me a Harvey Girls. Give me, like, a, you know, something. That's the only one I can think of. Um, <laughs> give me the, give me any movie with like, you know, saloon girls. Give me anything with like, you know, I don't know. Just yeah. it, this one was just not really doing it for me as far as like the looks go. Yeah. And um, just when there's like male hit centric movies, I just kind of get a little bit. I like, know. Snooze, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just feel like it's this one was a very dude movie, very bro movie. As for that time, it's like. You know, it was like when everyone was playing cowboys and Indians, I was like, can I be Pocahontas? That, right. You know? I know. But don't you feel like l- like with the history or with that, like, don't you think that like, there's so much more potential to tell a better story? I oh, think, totally. Yeah. Of like this. Of, and the people like, I mean, you could almost I just feel do like, like again, what? like a Mad Men-esque of like Virginia City when that whole writer's renaissance happened. Like, I w- tell me well, that yeah, story. Yeah, but I also you know? think that I also think that this story was like. I think that the story between um, the story between Julia and Carrie was a fascinating story. They should have played that. I more. agree. Or just do it about Julia. Cause I mean, you're talking about a woman who's like the, she's a saloon girl, but she's also a spy, a Confederate spy. That's a compelling story enough. You should have just expanded that story into a whole feature length film. It would have been very like Matahari. Like, it well, been really it's interesting cool. you mentioned that because there was an actual woman who lived at that time, but this was actually post, Civil War. Um, her name was Julia Bulet, and she's sort of the local famous history of that time. And she was. It's interesting because there's there's like the myth versus reality. But the myth was that she was this like sort of hooker with a heart of gold and had all this money and was almost madam like. Right. Yeah. And then she was like brutally murdered, and and then they found the they found the killer and they hung him. And yes, she she was a sex worker who was brutally murdered and killed. And then supposedly they found the murderer and hung him. But like, she wasn't, she kind of get painted again by that school, um, that 
that I was telling you the wild and woolly school like they they so, they saw this and capitalized on it and made that into sort of the right. thing we actually know today in westerns is this whole thing of like the madam the woman who's like again the hooker with a heart of gold who right. um you know it's like and, and when you like you said you're like most westerns there's almost no female characters unless they run a brothel or they work in a brothel um right and so that and then and and then if you do, you're lucky if they're like, they have any kind of strength, but even if you do, they're like, they're running a sex trade and there's not that, not there's anything bad in that, but it's like, that's no. all that you pit that, or they're like the super frumpy, like Puritan, like wife, there's never any in between. Yeah. And I think that there's definitely more opportunity to show female characters in Westerns and in this time of history that have more. Uh, that 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 have more of that, and and unfortunately, that is definitely still an untapped market. As you yeah. you know, you can even see today. Like we do not, th- there definitely has not, and that's where I feel like with Virginia City and what I've learned about that. There's so much fucking potential to turn it into like a well-rounded <laughs> western, and like I actually, I actually personally love westerns. I didn't like them until I saw the movie Tombstone. And I, and yeah. mind you, I grew up in Houston. I had an exit plan since age 12. I fucking couldn't, ha- I couldn't <laughs> handle the redneckery. But when I saw Tombstone, it gave me a different perspective and it made me think that like, wow, like shit was different. And, and it just, it kind of opened a gate. And I know like, it's not perfectly historically accurate, but it did open a gateway to a part of history and to other stuff that made me really appreciate that part of history and that part of time. Um, unfortunately right. I'm, I'm sort of like when it comes to, this, it's more for me, it's like civil war vehicles. I can't get behind them. And I know you love, I know, I know you yeah. love gone with the wind and believe me, it has I, well, mad I mean, respect, that's, but I, anything but... with this, I'm just like, I snooze it through. Like I can't. Yeah. But there's not, know? but that's, not, you know, and it's like, and that's like, even that, even gone with the wind, yeah. that's an anomaly though. Cause it's like these like kind of like civil war mm-hmm. movies where there's so much, like I never, I haven't seen rain tree County. Yeah. I haven't seen like other movies that kind of do that. Like antebellum South. Sort I of just, thing. I it's just always it's made me just, super as a girl. Yeah. I hated it. Always made me super uncomfortable. It was yeah. like a part of society. I never could relate to. And like, I just, I did never liked it. And, and, and it's not that like, I, I can appreciate the story, but like, but yeah, when I when I got to like saw like westerns, you sort of opened it up, and I know this sounds really cliche, but I fucking love Back to the Future three, and like <laughs> because <laughs> again, doesn't? it's That's like a, a good one. it's such a glimpse of like, but but there is more than that. Like there are little glimpses and snippets of like women in the West and Cal- and like sort of on the West Coast and in California, like moving west, and once they made through the fucking great tragedy of even getting there, once you get there, yeah. <laughs> what if, if you can get there, you could like, there was a lot of opportunity in some ways to reinvent yourself and have independence that, um, yeah. So I, I just, I love all that stories, anything about like sort of the, the settling of the West I'm, I'm into. And there's, yeah. Oh, I can't even like, I've had too much <laughs> wine to even, I don't even want to like, because it's not even about the podcast, it's more about history, but it's just great. And <laughs> and so I, w- I like, but again, I had high hopes for this movie. It didn't deliver me the too. goods, but yeah. that's all right because it still actually made me respect the people who live in Virginia City even more that they saw a stinker when they <laughs> when they they called <laughs> they called it when they saw it. And I I, I love yeah. them even more for it. <laughs> 
I mean, I would love to hear if anybody else knows of any other good, like, good westerns. Because it's like, I Yes! Remember, oh, oh my gosh, God. please I, tell us. I've tried to sit through Good, the Bad, and the Ugly at one point and all those, like, Clint Eastwood movies. And I'm just like... Yeah. Kill me now, please. This is just so. I think a lot of a lot of early westerns I never could really get into. It wasn't until I saw like tombs, like really Tombstone was such a game changer for me. And um, I know that's like so not part of our (laughs) brand because it's like from another era. But just the women's role, I I could talk so much about the women's roles in there. And yes, it does pass the Bechdel test, and like it's a fucking great movie, and it just really like changes your perspective about stuff and I love it but there's also other things even like sort of things that are like western but sci-fi and fantasy like like the well the beloved but like shortly run series of Firefly also kind of touched on that kind of stuff too but also Deadwood which was never finished like there's some really great things I've really been meaning to watch that um and I've actually oh. been meaning, and I've been... Oh, girl, it's like drinking water from the fire hose. Like, you just better yeah, watch out. And I've been meaning to watch, I've been meaning to watch Westworld, too. Oh, exactly, Westworld, exactly. But, but I mean, but they're but. in that genre of, like, sort of that thing of, like, um, it's like settling new frontiers, but also a crossing of cultures and a crossing of, like, breaking sort of barriers that you were brought up to be around because you have to survive. And I just love stories yeah. with that. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's a lot of things that we could watch other than this. Yes. Movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I'm really keen to watch like but, Dodge City just to sort of have a compare. Yeah, I contrast. think that would be a f- good one to watch. Yeah. And Harvey Girls. Oh, very well, excited for Harvey I mean, Girls. hello. Yes. We're going to have <laughs> a young Angela yeah. Lansbury and a young Judy Garland. I mean, get out yes. of here. Yes. Um, our, our grandma yeah. by, po- oh. by proxy, Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. I mean, please. <laughs> She's our fantasy grandma. Oh Isn't she yours, Philip? Because she's mine. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I'm more of a, if she's going to be my grandma, it needs to be um, Jessica Fletcher. Oh, it, of course. You know, yes. Well, I'm I mean, like, <laughs> yes, Jessica Fletcher. You know. Could you be, please be solving mysteries? Because that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Every dinner party, someone, <laughs> when Jessica Fletcher shows up, someone's going to die. Yes. <laughs> but you, as her as her relative, are always like super stoked she's there. Just like in all the shows, you're yes. like, Jessica! you're here (laughs) that's like in every episode (laughs) i know oh god netflix cruelly took that away from us a couple years ago yeah um anyhow um so that's the movie yes thank you so much for listening to uh episode two of our stinker series as you can see it's it's like we may even i hope we only do like a couple of these a year because I hope we don't have we to. We don't do have to do any. Movies. Right, because we, we love, and actually yeah. we love these too. We love them for what they are. So it's just like, it's just more yeah. like, ooh, you know, but it's, I mean, watch it. Whatevs. I mean, Aeroflit's yeah. hot. It looks great. Totally. <laughs> um, so you guys can hit us up on Facebook mm-hmm. at Old Hollywood Realness. You can hit us up on the Insties at, at Old Hollywood Realness. Tweetsies. You can hit us up at ohr podcast uh you can email us your thoughts and prayers um at uh, old hollywood realness at gmail.com um and uh if you want to support the show you can use our amazon banner which is just by um, shopping normally you just click that banner first and then shop like you normally would and then um, amazon sends us money very little money but they send <laughs> us money <laughs> So go ahead and just use that. It's right on the homepage. Can't it's great because it goes straight um, back into us watching movies. Yep. 
use it to buy movies <laughs> and uh huge props to our buddy hal lublin who gave us his vocal talents for the opening of the podcast mm-hmm. keeping us sounding crisp as fuck <laughs> um, and um went uh yeah so that's uh that's really it thanks for listening to ohr bye <laughs>